Welcome everyone. This is Virginia Parsons, your hangout mentor and the host of the Inspirational Businesswoman Show, where it is my passion and my purpose to bring you, the entrepreneur, a goldmine of entrepreneurial tips, strategies, and advice to help you grow your business from inspirational businesswomen in the know. And I've got just that woman here today. I'll be introducing you to her in just a moment. First, I want to say thank you for being here. You know, I know your time is valuable. And I appreciate you taking the time to spend it with us here today. And I want to make sure that you just pick up some of the wonderful tips you're about to receive and take action on them. Then I'll know that I'm fulfilling my purpose for you. So let us know where you're hanging out from, won't you? Just put that in the comment section where you're hanging out from. And also a little bit about what your passion is, because I want to make this a collaboration of inspired businesswomen and businessmen who can uplift and support one another in your goals for growing your business. Now, today's show is sponsored by Hangout-Marketing.com, where you can receive a free Hangout Marketing Assessment that's going to measure your skill set and your knowledge base, not only in using Hangouts on Air, but also all these other powerful new live stream broadcasting platforms that are available for you. Now, when you take that assessment, and by the way, it's only going to take you a couple minutes, you're going to get information back on how you can start to use these platforms to grow your own business. And you might even qualify for a free strategy session with me where we're going to sit down and look at all the different ways you can expose your business and reach people across the web. So I look forward to doing that with you. So go ahead, take that assessment, and you might even qualify for that strategy session. How do you get the assessment? All you have to do is text the word SUCCESS 307-269-2040 and that will get you right to the assessment. So let's move into this wonderful person I'm introducing you to. Her name is Meredith Eisenberg. I'm so happy to have her with us today. And she's, you know, what I would call, what did I put under the head? Monster Tamer. I think that's such a great name, Meredith, for online overwhelm. And she is the co-founder of Time Traders Club. So here's what we're going to talk about today, the collaboration 
how we use collaboration so that you operate in your own zone of brilliance and leave the rest to those who can do it better than you. So the topics we're going to go over are the back of your envelope marketing plan. I love this. That means simple, right? Back of the envelope is where the marketing plan is. I can't wait to hear Meredith's play on this. Also, three traits to look for in a good collaboration partner. And finally, we're going to talk about bartering, the pros and cons of it, and how you can make it work for you. So, Meredith, go ahead and unmute yourself. I see you already have. Great job. And come on in and say hi to everyone for us. Hey, everybody. I'm so happy to be here today. I'm really excited to share with you what I know. All right. Well, I know they're going to be excited about this. I have really hyped this up, Meredith, because I think most entrepreneurs, especially solopreneurs, um, small business owners, and new striving business owners experience this whole feeling of overwhelm. Like, I know the number of hats that I had to, you know, put on and mm -hmm. still quite frankly, put on in a day's time to run my own business. You know, I'm working from home and I love that aspect of working from home. But then, you know, you don't have necessarily a whole team around you here. I do have some virtual partners and I know that you're going to talk about that a bit more because you have discovered yourself. I know through your own experience and background that this is really needed. So I know our audience is very interested in First of all, how you got to develop this idea of Time Traders Club and, you know, what happened in the beginning and what kind of overwhelm have you experienced in your own life? So okay. that's a big open-ended question. I'm going to yeah. let you run with it. I'm going to start from the very, very beginning and try to make a long story short, but it's still a little bit of a long story. Um, so I guess about nine years ago. Um, I lived in Washington, D.C. I was a public information officer, but I also was mom to a three-year-old and lived on the opposite side of the country from my family. And so my family, some of them are in Utah and some of them are in California. And so my husband and I got together and said, we have to move west somewhere, very broadly, west somewhere, about an hour's flight from Utah, California. We don't want to live in the same town as everyone. So he's an engineer. He started looking for jobs in alphabetical order. And we landed in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Well, that's awesome, except that the economy in Albuquerque was very different than in Washington, D.C. And so my job, which was a mid-level, you know, public information officer for a pretty big government, didn't really exist in the same way in Albuquerque. And so I'm like, I want to spend more time with my child. Um, how can I make this work out? So at that time, I saw an ad for um, a virtual assistant school, Assist You. So I did that, and I got certified. And my, the county that I worked for even let me stay six months on virtually from New Mexico, working for this county in Virginia. So I got my first taste of virtual life because my first client was my previous employer. And so I said, OK, I'll be a virtual assistant. OK, here is the problem with that, is that it, got, it was really unclear what the boundaries of my job were. And I love to learn and I don't like to say no. And you know, like a lot of us women, I'm a people pleaser, right? So I got to the point where I was doing everything for everybody. Anything anybody would ask, even if I didn't know how to do it, 
oh yeah, you know, I need these changes made in the code of my website. So here I am on Google, you know, Googling PHP code fixes and crashing people's sites because I didn't know where to put the semicolon in. You know, it was insane. And, and I had clients literally because I had trained them um, to expect me to do anything anytime. They literally were, you know, I would say, oh, I'm going on a road trip. So I'm driving in the middle of the desert in Arizona and my client from New York says, can you pull over and do this for me now? I'm like, I sent her a picture of the sagebrush and said, uh, not really. There's nowhere to, there's no, you know, you're lucky to get a cell phone response from me, you know. But it, it just got, it got crazy because I was doing too much. And so my rates never really went up very much because people don't pay for generalists. And although I could do as good of a job writing copy as a copywriter, people just saw me as their admin who did everything, you know, here, let's find someone who will do everything for us. And so that wasn't a really good plan. And I probably, if I were to do it again, I would have come out as a PR consultant, really niched in, because that's what I was doing, then, oh, I'll pay me 40 bucks an hour and I'll do anything you want. And so I was doing too much and I didn't have boundaries. And I did that for about five years. And then I started to see, you know, what is it that makes people succeed? Because some of my clients, and some of my clients are still my clients from those days, have succeeded wildly. They have half million dollar businesses. You know, I've helped them build down the back end and all of that. And so it's like, what separates those people from the, all the clients I've had that just it never stuck? Like they're really smart, and most of my clients are women, not on purpose, it just works that way, right? Um, they're really smart, really intelligent women, just as smart as the people who've succeeded, what's the difference? And the difference is outsourcing, really, and really honing in on what you're good at, the one thing, and sticking in that realm, rather than trying to do a thousand different things kind of, you know, like at a B plus level, Get that one thing that you're good at and do it at an A-plus level. So then I thought, well, okay, I need to take my own medicine here, queen of doing everything, right? How, what's my skill? Well, my skill, it turns out, isn't techie girl. I'm good at techie girl, but I'm not the world's best, you know, amazing techie girl. My skill is knowing a bunch of people, knowing a bunch of resources, and figuring out really creative ways to put that together for people. So I started um, the Time Traders Club, which allows people to stay in their zone of brilliance and get really good at what they're really good at and let somebody else be really good at what they're really good at. And that way everybody wins because you're spending time doing what you love to do and you're not spending time learning how to proofread your um, PHP edits in WordPress and crashing your site. Yeah, so <laughs> you said a lot in those few minutes. And so I want to go back and, and revisit a few of them. <laughs> First of all, you you had 15 years of award-winning PR experience, yes. and yet you didn't even create your own boundaries around what you were willing to do for people. Yep. As yep. you said, you were a pleaser. Oh, yeah, I can do that for you. And if you didn't know how, hey, I really yep. I admire your determination to say, I can go learn that. That's fabulous, except that's not very good leveraged use no. of your time or your talents. Right. And I think we should start with that. Boundaries. We all need 
to define our boundaries in life right. and, and, and determine where we really shine. And, you know, that's what I, I preach all the time. You can see my little logo down there that's shine. Where do you shine? Mm -hmm. And that's where you need to step out and let the world know that you do it and not necessarily all the other things. Unless, of course, as a beginner entrepreneur, you don't have the cash flow coming in and you just really need to do a few more things for yourself. So let's move this whole concept into this marketing plan that you have um, simplified. And I love the term right. back of the envelope right. marketing plan. Where did you even come up with that idea? Well, because I wrote my, my marketing plan on the back of an envelope, really. You know, Jasper and I were sitting at lunch. We have a favorite nacho place that we go to, and, and he was having his beer. And I'm like, we've got to come up with a marketing plan for this um, thing that we're putting together. And so he's like, okay, let's do it. And so we literally got on the back of an envelope, and we have our six steps. They spell Dapper. I really wanted them to spell Draper, like Don Draper, but I couldn't quite get that to work. So they spelled Dapper. And, and we just answered the six questions. And that gave us enough to go on that we could measure things against it and tell if we were getting off path. Because the biggest thing that overwhelms people is lack of clarity, right? So clarity is the, really the, the tamer of the online overwhelm is clarity. And if you've got that, and if you have things, you know, if you have something to measure against, if you have, you know, as I say often, like there's, you can be a puddle with no boundaries. That's not very effective because it doesn't move, right? So as soon as you put banks into the river, you get some momentum and you get some force. And so this back of the envelope marketing plan is the beginnings of boundaries to your river so you can make progress. I love that. Did you guys hear that? So she's taken a beautiful analogy between a small puddle and a river and the boundaries that you create in your business that are going to create enough pressure and force for movement to get yourself up and running. Right. Now, do you have um, guidelines as far as when you try to back of the envelope marketing plan, you said you had six steps. Do you have guidelines when you work with people? Should there be like a minimum of four steps and a maximum of seven? Or uh, where do you come up with that? You ask. So it's always the same six steps. And I'll just get through them really quickly. Okay. Um, one is your, your dilemma. So you need to know what problem you're solving for your client. Because clients don't pay for things just because they love you. They pay to get a problem solved, right? So the next one is A. And so that is awareness. Like how do you get people to know you exist. How do you stop being the best kept secret in your area? The next one is um, participation. How do you engage with people? How do you get them to come make comments on your Google Plus? You know, how do you get them to play with you on Facebook? How do you get them to know, like, and trust you? And um, the next one is purchasing. Obviously, that's what people think of as the marketing plan is the P, that second P, but that's just like one sixth of the whole thing, right? And so then after that is um, enjoyment. And so that's how do you treat your customers? How do you get them to use the product? Because it doesn't do you any good to have a product that people buy and then they don't buy from you again. It's much easier to get people to buy from you again than to get them into your community because they never thought I wanted referrals. It just didn't occur to them. You know, they're like, oh, you want more clients? Don't I keep you busy enough? I'm like, well, you're 10 hours a month, not really. <laughs> you know? 
And so you have to have a system in place so that it, it's easy for people, so that it's, it's a click of a button. So it's super easy, you know, having the affiliate program in place, knowing, you know, being able to give people a link is really an important part of your marketing plan. And as I said, people tend to concentrate in the middle piece, that participation purchase, and there's so much more than that, but if you can make an answer to those six questions on a sheet of paper, you are going to have a pretty clear, pretty comprehensive plan that you can move forward with. I love that. So you're basically putting it into the form of a question when you go through these six um, six steps, so to speak. You're, you're asking about what what is my, my ideal audience's problem? Uh, what what solutions am I going to be bringing to my ideal audience? Um, and then how will they become aware that I even exist? So how am I going to get the word out about what I do? And you know, that's my passion, teaching people to step out of their shadow and shine as the go-to right. expert. Um, so that's the second part, then participation and engagement. So that is asking the question, how am I going to get my audience to engage with me, mm -hmm. to connect and relate to me so they can trust right. me as the expert to solve their problems. Right. I'm getting it. Okay. Four is the four is where you make the money. Right. <laughs> four right. is where you have a real business. And that is where how am I going to get people to actually purchase from me, which you know many people talk about, you know, as your sales funnel. Um, five is enjoyment and customer relations. Okay, I see that two ways. How am I going to set this business up so I enjoy my work rather than feeling overwhelmed? That's right. one part of it. The other part of it would be how do I set this business up so that my clients, my customers, my ideal audience enjoys working with me? Right. And so they and actually use it and so they actually get the results. Perfect. That's, that's important purchase that are still on your hard drive you haven't had time to go through yet oh I know that's that's a pet peeve of mine I hate it when people buy something and don't use it sits in there as it's on their hard drive or on their shelf I, like that. I mean I would say probably 75% of the people who buy even these expensive classes don't finish maybe so what are those pieces one of those pieces in there you might add priority <laughs> yeah prioritizing <laughs> but then finally the referral and I love that you put referrals as one of the steps because I agree with you I think we forget about it we forget to ask for it we, yeah. we forget to make it easy for people to give referrals I think right. that's really important I hope that you are all getting these six steps and are already got some ideas going in your brain as to what maybe you're missing in your own marketing plan right so Meredith, you have actually, while we're on this topic, you have a 30-day marketing challenge that helps people implement these steps, don't you? Yeah, it goes through, um, it's 30 days, but it's eight lessons over the 30 days, and it goes through each of these steps. So each lesson's about 20 minutes, and you get homework, and you get a little worksheet to fill out. So if you need a little bit more than back of the envelope, and you want to fill out your worksheets, and you want to get some insight, I brought members of the Time Traders Club in who weren't experts in some of the areas that I wasn't an expert in, and so they're giving you their best advice through this too, and it's a really good way to get sort of a solid place, especially as we're moving into the new year, um, a solid place to start, really, and to, and to really have something to measure against, to have your banks so that you really you know know where you're going and, and can say does this fit into this 
you know, if, if, if I'm helping my customers solve the problem of outsourcing, why am I having making graphics on the side and charging for them? That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't go into that plan. It's not solving their problem, really. And so you need to stay within your banks. And so the marketing plan provides that for you. Well, that sounds perfect. So we're going to post a link for you if you want to take a look at that 30-day marketing challenge. And um, it is going to be timetradersclub.com forward slash Virginia. I will put that into the um, comment section in a little bit. But just know that if you need a little accountability to get ready for 2016, this would be a great time to do it because they're just entering into that time of year when we're thinking about, okay, where do I want to take my business? in the next year. Well, and this we is gonna help get you set up for that. Yeah. And we do have a group that goes along with the challenge. So we're all posting our answers to the homework and people are giving really good feedback to each other. It's like, well, you know, I'm a member of your target audience and what you state is the dilemma, does it resonate for me? So that is the kind of feedback people are giving in the group, so. Terrific, all right. Well, let's move into the traits of finding a good collaboration partner because we promised to share with people how they're going to get out of overwhelm so that they can shine in their own brilliance. So I know you have three traits to share with us. So go ahead on that. Okay, so the first trait is, is that you can communicate with each other, right? And so that when you're having a conversation, it's really clear that the person is understanding what you're saying because everybody sort of has a different communication style. And so you want to make sure, first and foremost, that it's somebody that you can work with. I've had clients back when I did my virtual assistant, I had to fire just because our communication styles didn't mesh. You know, they'd come across as really like um, almost mean in their emails and it wasn't intentional, but I just couldn't work with somebody who was that direct. Like, oh, you just have to say hello. That's all I need, but I need hello. <laughs> so that's number one. And number two is, do they have the skills you need? Like really, do you know what it is that you need done? And is the person you're gonna collaborate with, does it sound like they understand what the task is? Because sometimes, you know, like virtual assistant is a really great example of this. That can mean anything, right? That can mean a computerized calendar program. That can mean almost a, a coach, you know, somebody who is really partnering with you and, and really, you know, almost your business manager. So it, it's this wide range. And so you need to be really clear that your vocabulary and their vocabulary are the same about the task that needs to be done. And then finally, you need to um, make sure that you trust them. You know, use your intuition and set up milestones, right? So if you're working with someone and you're doing a bigger project, say, okay, so what can you have done this week? And check in, you know, at the week and then check in at two weeks and check in at three weeks. Because in this virtual world, it's amazing because I get to meet wonderful people like you, Virginia, that I wouldn't get to meet otherwise. And I've met people from around the world and it's great, but it's also really easy to disappear off the face of the earth. And that, you know, and I talk to people, especially with virtual assistants, who a lot of whom have really busy lives outside of their work, which is why they decided to become a virtual assistant, right? But then they just like disappear. I had one, I had a VA who sent me an email saying, oh, I'm not gonna be available for the next three months. I'm in the hospital having a baby right now. Hello? <laughs> you know? That's amazing. You know? That's not good communication style <laughs> at all. And I was doing everything right with her. Like we were having milestones and you know, I, 
I had a good vibe with her, but she didn't feel obviously didn't feel comfortable enough to tell me six months earlier that hey, I'm having a baby in six months, and I would have been like, yay, Mazeltov, awesome. Let's come up with a plan so that when this happens, I'm not stuck. Exactly. So that's all about communication, and and right. uh, you know, we're getting back to the same theme though, and this is about boundaries and yeah. expectations. Yep. And so when you're looking for someone that you want to work with and collaborate with, because remember, this is about collaboration, you really want to look at what is important mm -hmm. and define it. Define yeah. it ahead of time so and that you can avoid some of these better. things. Yes. And the more check-ins, the better, too, especially if it's someone who's new to you, right? I mean, I have clients now that I do a lot of work for still. I don't talk to them but once a month, right? Because everything is just so automated and, and, you know, I know what I'm doing. I know what they're doing. It, it just works. I have other clients that I need to talk to twice a day. And, and it's just a matter of learning the people that you're working with and, and really getting set on communication styles. Some people are very like, I want it all in the project management system. I want it. And some people that would drive insane. Right? It's like, I don't want anything in the project management system. I just want to talk to you on the phone about it. And so you want to make sure that the person you're working with has, at least can tolerate your style. Or at least you can find some way, some common middle language that you can both talk. And so maybe you're not phone people, but maybe Skype is okay. Or maybe regular email chats, you know. But to talk about all this stuff. And time zones and when are your work hours. My work hours are kind of early, even though I'm in mountain time zone, which is between Pacific and Central. My work day really starts at 6. Because I work for an hour before I take my daughter to school. And my work day pretty much is wrapped up by 3.30 because I go pick her up. And then I'm driving for two hours to wherever she needs to go. So if you really need to get a hold of me at 4 o'clock mountain time, it's not ever going to happen. And well, that would again, be, we're, we're back to boundaries. You are yeah, you are choosing a lifestyle for your business, and that lifestyle has certain hours because you're working it around your family right. obligations that are your priorities. So boundaries, priorities, and deciding when is the best time to work, and then in collaboration with someone else, they might work different hours as long as it works into your communication style. Right, right, right. Yeah. So good, good tips. Um, but we've got one more thing to cover and here we're trying to do this, you know, and get, get you guys good information. Thank you again for being here with us today. I hope you're picking up some of these tips and you're going to start applying them in your business. So let's get into how we get out of overwhelm and this concept of bartering and how uh, bartering, the pros and cons and what you can do to make it work in your life. Really bad rap, right? I'll admit it, especially in the because people say, oh, you need to pay money because it needs to, you know, the energy exchange has to be there. And, and so there's that whole thing. And, and people end up, the first problem that people run into is it gets really uneven, right? So, like, let's say I'm a virtual assistant and my rate is $20 an hour and I um, barter with a coach whose rate is $500 an hour. So the coach says to the VA, you can just be my VA and I will give you an hour a month of my time. Really? That's not really fair to either party because the person who's the VA is not, isn't going to give you their best work 
because they feel a little bit taken advantage of. And, and I know so many people who've gotten themselves in this sort of situation because they have stars in their eyes. You know, they're so honored to be working with this particular guru or particular coach that they let themselves get taken advantage of. So that's like the first issue. The second issue with bartering, other than determining value, is do you have something I want? And do I have something you want? I've been on some really ridiculous Skillshare sites where people say, oh, I will teach you programming language if you teach me to play the harmonica. Well, what are the chances that, that those people are gonna show up in that space together, right? That the harmonica player who knows programming, you know. So that's the second, the second problem. And then the third one is, is sort of trust, knowing who to pick knowing um, you know that you can trust them and so but I loved the idea of collaboration and I love the idea of bartering because it seems to me really silly to be struggling with the web stuff when there's a guy down the street who does that who could help me you know and and someone else could help him so what I created was the time traders club and it's it sort of gets over these these hurdles it's an asynchronous time exchange. So people exchange an hour for an hour. So for example, if I need help with my Google Hangouts, I'd go to Virginia and she would give me a consult for an hour. I'd give her an hour of my time. So Virginia says, you know what? I need to strip out the audio out of all these Google Hangouts and I want to turn it into a podcast on iTunes. And I want to know how to get into new and noteworthy. Okay, so she goes and talks to my business partner, Jasper, who happens to be the podcast king. He's like, you know, knows everything about podcasting and so over the value and Virginia gets exposed to Jasper, may hire Jasper to do more work for him. I get exposed to Virginia, I may hire Virginia or sign up for her program because I had that initial good experience with her. So that solves that problem. And the third way that we solve it is we have user ratings in our system. So when you complete a job, you get rated by stars. And as people trade more, we have levels, right? So you move up the levels. So a level four person is an old hat at trading. And so obviously they've had a lot of really good experience and they know how to do the boundaries and they know how to do trust. And if you're a beginner, you want to try and trade with some, you know, a little bit with the level four people so you can learn the ropes. So you can learn how to do it well. So the Time Traders Club was a way for people to really, like, especially when they're just starting out, to stay in their zone of brilliance and get better at what they do specifically instead of learning how to wing it in a thousand different things. Okay, so if I, I have to, to interject for a moment. <clears throat> I want to yeah. make sure that our audience understands what you're explaining because I know you know it inside and out. But hearing right. it, and, and I've only heard a little bit about it prior to the, the show, the live broadcast, here's what I'm getting from it for all of you okay. viewers out there. I'm getting that this is different than bartering because bartering is saying, you know, she said, I'll do this for you, you do this for me. Great, not necessarily always equitable. Uh, and there is that, that part of it where, you know, you're not exchanging money, therefore the value doesn't feel there. That's a problem. So what she's created in the Time Traders Club, as I'm hearing it, is that it's not about I'll trade with you, you trade with me. It's looking into the club at all the resources that are available to you in all the different areas that you're wearing, all those different hats, mm -hmm. and looking for the person who can provide that service that you need, who doesn't necessarily need your service. Right. That person also looks through the club 
for things that they need done. So you have this ability and a resource that's vast with right. all sorts of experts that you can trade your time for. Very different than bartering where I don't think it is a good idea to barter because I think it does devalue services and perceived value. Right. But you're doing something very different here and I think it's brilliant. I want to say that to you. The other thing that I come, I come up with is that it sounds like with the rating system, sounds sort of like Angie's List. Have you ever heard of that one where um, if you need people to work in your home, you want to know they're good quality and trustworthy and they get the work done, etc. And you've got a similar rating system. Right, right. Brilliant. Just brilliant. What are you guys thinking about this? This is important. Um, I just want to see, you know, you know, the feedback on how you think you might use a service like this yourself. So, you know, let me know what you're thinking about. Um, we are in a, you know, we've already gone past our 30 minute mark, darn it, it happens way too fast. Um, and we, we aren't going to be doing an after show today because actually, just to let you in on this, this has been pre-recorded because we couldn't coordinate our time to get together and get it done on a Monday. So I wanted to bring Meredith to you. I wanted you to find out about time trade. And so that's why we're not having an after show. But here's the thing. Keep your comments coming. We value them. We want to answer your questions. We will pay attention to your comments and we will respond to them. Okay? That's the deal. Uh, so I think it's really important that you understand we are still here to have this conversation with you, provide you with valuable information, and give you a resource that you can start to use called timetradersclub.com, and you can start to see how it might fit into your life so you can let go of overwhelm and focus on what yeah. you do best. That's your brilliance. Yeah. So, Meredith, uh, thank you so much for all this great information. I want to leave you with sort of a, a last thought, um, an inspiration or a quick tip that you want to leave everybody with so that they can go home and take action on it. Okay, so, so my quick tip is get out your envelope and write down the answers to the six questions and don't make a science project out of it, just even like one or two, you know, sentences because all you ever need to know, right? So, so I talked about the river, now I'm gonna talk about crossing the river, right? You see the bank, but you don't see every single step along the way when you're crossing a river, like when you're sort of balancing. And so just take that first step, and then you'll see where your foot needs to go next. So you don't need to know the whole path, and the back of the envelope is a good way of figuring out your next step. Perfect, I love that. And use the back of the envelope. That'll, that'll also give you boundaries, right? That'll give you the there. <laughs> and you know, the, one of the things that I'd like to share with people is, you know, if you're answering questions, start by asking the question several times. How can I? How can I? How can? And that will help give you the answers. If you just ask the question and allow the answers to flow to you without judgment, I'm really big on that. Just allow free flow information to come to you. You'd be surprised how much um, how much you'll get in the answer realm. So, and you might even think about getting your phone out and asking the question and then just recording it so you don't have to write it down yet either. Because if you do it that way, it, it's getting, you're getting free flow information coming to you. You can write it down after you've, you know, let it flow. So, one of my little tips. <laughs> okay, everyone, I want to thank you so much, Meredith, for being here, sharing your brilliance 
and your story about how you came up with this whole brilliant plan yourself is because you were in overload right. and you had to define your boundaries and you had to put a, you know put together your priorities and these uh, six steps I think they're great so thank you so much for being here with us today thank you everyone all our viewers I appreciate you and I really hope you do put your comments down and your questions we will get back to you on that and again thanks for coming to the inspirational businesswoman show we'll see you next week when you'll get more great tips and strategies until then thanks so much Meredith bye 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 now <laughs>